All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast bonus podcast. It's been a while since uh, you've heard one of these bonus podcasts. This is uh, me, Nathan, just giving you my thoughts on something. No real discussion, just just my thoughts. And today I'm going to be talking about Malcolm Gladwell, who said something very misinformed about stand-up comedy. I like him. I like his podcast. I've read several of his books. I think I've read all of his books. Either way, a smart guy, but uh, like many smart people, has a very big blind spot, which I am going to discuss right now uh, in this podcast called Malcolm Gladwell Fails Stand-Up Comedy 101. In his teaser to Season 3 of Revisionist History, Malcolm Gladwell debated his friend, Professor Adam Grant. I use the word debated, but it was really more a friendly conversation than anything else. They did, however, have disagreements, including one right out of the gate. Grant asked, What is the occupation that has the most insight into human nature and human behavior? Grant offered comedians, and Gladwell scoffed. Totally disagree, he stated, before going down a completely misinformed path of how stand-up comedy works. Gladwell stated comedians deal with people in a, quote, tightly controlled setting, and that he, again, quote, cannot imagine an easier set of circumstance for navigating a social situation than that of stand-up comedian. Again, I quote, they go to Vegas and they go to the comedy cellar. They control their environments. That idea is simplistic and incorrect. Most people don't realize this, but comedians don't always perform in comedy clubs. We go wherever the paycheck takes us. That could be bars, casinos, cruise ships, corporate parties, weddings. Every situation is different, and many are less than ideal, not, again, quote, tightly controlled. I mean, sometimes the bar won't tell its patrons they have decided to have a comedy night. So you're dealing with surly regulars completely disinterested in jokes. Even better, bars will occasionally leave the televisions on in the background especially if there's a major sporting event going on. The owner will state quite clearly that he doesn't want to upset people not interested in comedy, so you can just talk over the televisions. And then you have rules. Clubs aren't free-for-all champions of the First Amendment. Some dictate what you can do and say while on their stage. Many clubs serve food to increase their bottom line. Try performing while dinner is being served and people's heads are bowed toward their plates. Add to all of the above the aspect of couples. Many people at comedy clubs are married or on a date. In those situations, sometimes one person is placating their partner. They aren't really interested in comedy. It was just their partner's turn to choose on date night. Also, comedy isn't an all-encompassing umbrella term. In any audience, every person might like a different brand of comedy. Some might like adult comedy, others clean comedy. A few might enjoy storytelling. Other people might be expecting quick setup and punchlines. Some might expect you to blast politicians. Some went out to escape politics. And to that end, half the room might have voted for one candidate and the other half the opposing party. Audiences are varied, and comedy is the only place where the general public expects to just show up and be catered to. 
Jazz musicians don't get booked at rock clubs, and the entertainment director of a hospice probably wouldn't hire a hip-hop artist for Sunday afternoon activity time. No one would contract a carnival caricaturist to paint a family portrait, and it's doubtful you'd pay a still-life photographer to shoot your wedding. Comedians, on the other hand, are expected to be universally amusing. People expect to just show up at a comedy club and be entertained to their liking. Even though individual members of an audience have varied tastes in food, music, clothing, and comedy, whatever comedian is on stage at the moment is expected to appeal to all of them. It's technically not fair, but to quote Omar, it's all in the game. Expanding the varied tastes in music analogy, when it comes to music, you have people who enjoy rock. There are fans of country, hip-hop, classical, and anything and everything across the radio dial. When people go to a concert, they know exactly who they are going to see. It's why you don't find cowboy hats at a Kendrick Lamar show, and you're probably not going to come across too many 60-year-old men at a Britney Spears concert. People like the music they like, and they support it live. If you're an unknown comedian, however, people just up and decide to go to the local comedy club. So you'll have an audience full of people who like country, jazz, hip-hop, rock and roll, and the comedian is expected to make them all laugh. They all might like comedy, but as stated above, comedy is a generic term. People tend to have wildly different ideas as to what is funny. Gladwell also believed stand-up comedy is easy because everyone is, quote, doused in alcohol. Have you ever given a performance before a group of people who have been drinking, he asked? They're like putty in your hands. Gladwell is suffering from the delusion that people will have one, maybe two drinks, get a nice warm buzz, and settle in and behave. While having a drink or two works for some people, there are always those who like to drink hard. Does the concept alcohol makes people more difficult to control really need explaining to someone as learned as Malcolm Gladwell? People become belligerent. They shout out, and I'm not just talking about rude or angry hecklers. There is nothing more disheartening than someone that's overly enthused at a comedy club, someone whooping and trying to help the comedian. When a club owner has to settle down someone having too much fun, it's depressing because they go from being in a great mood to sullen. In a comedy club showroom, people yell. They argue with one another. They order their drinks like they're sitting in a helicopter, and no matter how many times you tell them up front to silence their cell phone, it's still going to go off and ruin a comedian's punchline. Maybe Gladwell doesn't have hecklers at his shows, but comedy always seems to invite interaction. No one shouts, Yo, Hamlet, you suck, at a play. And it's been joked that no one brings their own guitar to a rock concert and challenges the band on stage. But at a comedy show, thanks to a combination of alcohol and Gladwell-like feelings toward comedy, it happens. People treat the showroom like it's their living room. Comedy becomes the background noise to their conversation. Now, to be fair, I should hashtag that. Not all people. The majority in any audience are great. But all it takes is one or two belligerents to waylay an entire show. And if you are thinking, well, aren't hecklers always removed from clubs? Mm, that's not always the case. 
better clubs police their rooms. Less than stellar clubs say, hey, that table's buying the most alcohol, so they stay no matter what. And then the comedian is left to deal with it. Look, the long and short of it is, comedy isn't easy. You have to be able to read audiences. You have to draw them into your world and make them laugh on your terms. Malcolm Gladwell said, Comedians like to pretend that their profession is a terrifying, death-defying, high-wire act. And if given the choice, he would do a stand-up performance a million times before he would teach a class of first-graders. Well, I don't know a single comedian who thinks of our profession like his description. Being a comedian is a job. It can be compared to a garbage man, teacher, or author, but it's neither death-defying nor terrifying. It's a job. My friend, comedian Bent Washburn, nailed it with his take. Bent said, I think Gladwell has spent the last decade addressing his fans. He has never had to earn the respect of an audience with his voice. He did that with his writing. But then, this success has skewed his own sense of his performance abilities. I'm sure making his adoring fans laugh is pretty easy. But how would he do as an anonymous face trying to win over a crowd with jokes? It would take him his 10,000 hours just like the rest of us. I think he saw a few comics in a club, which is an ideal setting, making the high-wire act of stand-up look easy. So easy, in fact, that he didn't even notice they were walking on a high wire. Then he compared that to his experience speaking in front of his own fans, and from there he drew his conclusions. I agree with Bent. There's a misguided perception that stand-up comedy is easy, that anyone can just get on stage and do it. So, if Gladwell really thinks stand-up is easy, I say fair enough. He should go perform stand-up comedy. Not as Malcolm Gladwell, famous guy catering to people who already like him. No. He should attend random open microphones. He should hit the stage anonymously like any unknown beginner and tell jokes for 10 minutes. Comedian Dan Cumming has already proved that a comedian can do Malcolm Gladwell's job. Cumming is the creator and host of an informative podcast called Time Suck. Gladwell should prove he can do a comedian's job and bring the funny. He should go somewhere where nobody knows who Malcolm Gladwell is, remove his security blanket of fame, and stare down a room of drunks that expect to be amused. I believe the experience would be sobering.